0: Greetings of the day, and welcome back to Equity Ed Talk, the podcast where Dr. Linda Nathan sits down with experienced educators to talk about how they center equity in their work. In today's podcast, we will continue to focus on wellness in schools. Why is it essential, and how can we create spaces that nurture wellness? Today, we will hear from Will Thomas, principal of an urban school, and Veve Nouveau, An educator from boston welcome to episode seven
1: hi there i'm really really glad that you're willing to spend some time with me talking about one of my favorite subjects wellness and well-being we're going to talk about it particularly from a school perspective but first first let me get you to introduce yourself to our listeners who are you
0: i am will thomas and i am a principal of urban school uh, I was a teacher for eight years uh, in mathematics. Uh, then I was an assistant principal for four years. Uh, then now I've been a principal uh, for, I think I'm going into my 12th year.
1: Wow. So let, let me just start with my first question. When you hear this question, wellness, how, it, it's sort of a new term, right? And do you have any recollection of when you started hearing the term, and then can you also tell me how you define it?
0: My first role as assistant principal, um, we had started talking about that, and I, I guess that's about, what, 16, 15 years ago. Um, it wasn't automatic in the school setting, the, 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 the district that I was in, to have social workers or, you know, it was, everything was, I think, left to the counselors, uh, or we call them guidance counselors back then. Now they're considered counselors, but it wasn't until, you know, uh, recently that our, our schools started having social workers and you know, thinking about the the the, the wellness of, of the child. So back then, I think we were pretty innovative in thinking like, Hey, we really need, to look at the wellness of students because until their you know their their needs are taken care of, uh, then they're not going to really actually be able to 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 learn and focus on learning. But uh, while I was an assistant principal, we tried to think piece things together. Um, then we tried to be intentional in trying to find a position for it. But the school had so much needs that we just couldn't um pull the money to uh, provide that. Uh, that support. Uh, it wasn't until later uh, when I became principal, uh, began to figure out how to um, have an actual social worker uh, position, uh, m- m- one full time, for a school of, of you know, eight hundred plus kids, which was insane. So that individual had to re- really be creative on how to piece all the supports around. But then we found trying to find a creative way to get a- another social worker intern in-, in place. Until now, I think. Uh, the district had finally realized the importance of I think they call it sell well uh, now and the, really um, the, the mental well-being wellness of 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 children first uh, and foremost and now I think they have three in my previous school and we have two in the current school that I am and the principal of what we continue to say over and over again is that if the students aren't well there's just no way that they can actually learn. I, I used to believe that when I first got into education, it was like, oh, the social emotional stuff, that's stuff that families need to worry about. We don't have to, that's not what we're, we're here to teach. We're here to give you an education. We're here you to.
1: You are one of those guys there. One of those people that said, I'm here to teach you the social emotional stuff is the families. Right. That's not the schools. And now you say.
0: Now I say that it's a partnership between the school and and the families. That the families are looking for that. They're looking for us. There's there's more of an expectation for teachers, um, and for schools to kind of like nurture that social emotional in the classroom. It's about developing a relationship with with students, right? And with
1: teachers, I wonder what you think about whether teachers because you're at the secondary level or the middle your middle and high Mm -hmm. school are teachers trained to embrace the social emotional the wellness of the kids
0: i don't know what the 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 ed school does now i don't remember doing that in my ed school where they, they talk about the social emotional aspect i'm assuming they're doing a little bit of that more as far as the teachers we have conversations at the um School PD, their cluster meetings or grade level meetings. Definitely in my school, we had a, a especially I think it's more so because of after the pandemic. I don't know what my school looked like before the pandemic, but my understanding is that they had advisory. And so they kind of had that wraparound um, support for students and really going that extra mile around, you know, being understanding. But during the pandemic, one of the, our mantras was like, let's give each other grace and give our students a bit of grace. And so we, we weren't as I guess, strict about certain things. We let certain things go. When the ki- kids came back, we didn't know when the kids were actually at home that they were suffering silently. Uh, then when they came back, that's when everything you just realized in their behaviors. And uh, and adults were just as affected as the students were. So then you have to like give the adults a bit of grace and let them know it's okay. So it was that whole trying to be extra caring, which is... Very not my, my background because I had a military background. And,
1: that's why I wanted to talk to you because I know yeah. your background, and I just I wanted to hear. So, given that, how have you kind of cared for your community, and how have you cared for yourself? Because I know you also have your own family,
0: right? And I think that's the part. Uh, the uh, The pandemic did not um, bypass my family; it affected my family as well, and. And I saw my girls being affected. I had a a straight A student who'd never want to miss school, who's suddenly telling me, I don't want to go to school. This is tough. And so you're like, what? We don't do that. You just you're gonna to go to school. I'm I'm a principal, I'm an educator, you just go to school. But when you see her and she's like, and she's not the kind of person that's just kind of like, ah, I'm not gonna do this. She's a hard worker and she's saying, I don't want, I don't feel like it. I lost my motivation, but yeah, she's still getting good grades. So I'm like, I'm trying to like understand that. So when I see that in, play out in my own school, students uh, in my school and parents are like, I can't get them out of bed. I, it made me feel like I understand. I, 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 it wasn't like, just get them up. What's wrong with you? You bad parent, you. <laughs> no it's like, yeah, I get it. Here's my student, my child who's a straight student, hard to, to get out of bed. But then it hit my younger one even harder. Because she was a little bit younger, three years younger, and so she um was like, it was a battle trying to get her up. And I would be at work, and my wife would call me and says she doesn't want to get up. I have to come home and get my daughter out of bed, but she's like, I don't want to go, you know. And so it's like, wow, this is what other families are having to deal with when their kids said, I don't want to go. So when I see that. that and I see parents come in and say we don't know what to do. It's no longer, I'm not, I'm not judging them. I'm not saying you're a bad parent. I'm like, you're just like me. I get it. I understand. We still gotta try to get them in. What can we do? And how do we figure out how to get them, motivate them to, to come, to come back? So that mental um strain was is was real.
1: I so appreciate you sharing all that. And I, I just have one last question, sort of you talked about giving grace, giving grace to the kids, giving grace to the teachers. So what are some of the ways that you really think about caring for this school community that you lead? Because it's a big burden for you too. And then the other part of that is really how do you care for yourself?
0: I, I, I think when you're in the middle of it, you don't think you don't think about it. I don't know any principal that says, okay, I gotta take care of myself first. I'm gonna go in later and 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 take it easy. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I think that's the right thing. You you do have to take care of yourself, but I think you also know how much you can push yourself. Mm -hmm. And I, I think majority of my colleagues that I know who still stick with it have just sacrificed themselves and everything else and said, okay, I can take it because I know how my community is suffering, how much my community needs me I, I've seen it you know, I've seen it all around and and we kind of knew we just have to sacrifice for this period of time now at the same time you know one way I did try to take care of myself was like I always made sure there was something fun that I that I, that I would do I mean, my 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 go-to is always a Saturday morning basketball and that was just like no matter no matter what Uh, I think I had a very supportive wife at home who took on a lot of different things at home. So she like relieved me of of, of certain things. So she took certain things on. Uh, So she's just a a type of dynamo person. So that helped out a whole lot. Um, But still didn't, you know, didn't necessarily get the the right amount of sleep or exercise that I think needed. Uh, I think being able to call on friends and talk to friends and then being able to create a team around the support system I had at school with the team that I had was incredible. So, as we were talking, before like we even started, was like, I, what I took away from uh, my my previous school was the idea of teaming, the importance of a great team, and having great people around you who support you. You know, I had that at, at my previous school, and then I, I was able to build that up uh, the same way in my um, in in the current school, and, and see that as a blueprint. Like, you got to have the right people on the bus.
1: But the findings of the 2022 State of American Teacher Survey say that positive school climates, particularly positive adult relationships were key sources of job satisfactions and the reason many teachers stay. And Simon Senek, who lots of people talk about, says that what a great leader does is sets the tone to make sure that people feel safe and protected by the leader in the organization, so that everyone can trust and cooperate. And as long as I've known you will, that is what you have done. So it's just a pleasure to talk to you and to hear you, you know, think about sell well with me. And I'm enormously appreciative. Thank you so much for for doing this with me.
0: It's my pleasure. Thank you for asking me.
1: Let's now hear from Vive Nibu hey how are you i'm so happy to be with you on this um podcast and i'm very very honored that you've agreed to do this with me can you just introduce yourself to our listeners who are you
2: sure thank you linda for having me on um my name is vive nouveau and i'm an educator in an urban school district in the boston area i'm currently going into my ninth year as a hired professional, but I'd say maybe 22, 23 years in education. Wow.
1: Wow. How did you get into wellness? Like what's your journey into wellness? How'd you come, how'd you come to this idea? Cause you do a lot of work with wellness.
2: I um, was looking at some issue in education and um, I was really tired. I was, I was just emotionally mentally physically spent. and and I was like that that's it. like I I can't even I can't think of a project to undertake because I am exhausted by my work as an educator and balancing my life and um the work of educating young people. um, and that's when I started to think about teacher wellness as being something to be explored. Uh, And then the pandemic hit and then wellness became everyone's buzzword and everyone was talking self-care.
1: Yeah. I remember um, you quoting Audre Lorde and I'm going to just quote her back to you. Mm -hmm. Caring for myself is not self-indulgent. It is an act of self-preservation and that is an act of political warfare.
2: Talk to me about that quote. Um, I mean, when I when I saw it in my, you know, my my studies, it really resonated with me because I was like, yeah, to continue to do the work of fighting for equity and education, to do the work of um actively resisting racism or trying to counter racism, be anti-racist, you know, in this world, there has to be a care for the self. To take on that those kind of endeavors.
1: Tell me a little bit about what did you institute in your school, and are any of the things that you instituted still happening?
2: Yeah. So the the first thing was to you know I invited my principal to come to my capstone presentation and um so just begin those talks about the need for teacher wellness to be considered um, and so. You know, that year I asked for us to have a wellness council and I got the thumbs up for that. So we had a group of educators to be thinking about staff wellness. Um, then I asked for a staff lounge. We, you know, rearranged some office space and secured uh, a real space, not just like a little nook by the bathroom, but, you know, a, a, a welcoming space that adults could like unwind in. Um and I kept working with like the district wellness folks to get additional goodies. So we have books on wellness. We have, you know, games for educators, like just resources that are in that um, that staff space. Uh, then was the push for changing the way we PD and not just running these, you know, information dump professional development sessions. We began to um, intentionally make time to nourish people at the beginning of professional development or somewhere throughout. We have intentional breaks to move. We've, we've begun the practice of weekly staff circles so that we can, you know, build community and get to know each other. My principal even um hired our former social worker to come in and provide time for the adults to meet with you know, a therapist and, and have time. So it started as just being like a, you know, here this person is available for every now and again check-ins to now we have like this really sustained time, a day of the week, slots that can be booked all the way up until December so that we can get like additional support if necessary. And and then looking into nutrition and how do we change the culture of like, you know, donuts and bonbons and chocolates to like, you know, providing more like um nutritious foods when we gather.
1: That's great. Because I remember saying, you know, this work we do with young people is such intimate work and so intense. I mean, it's so joyful sometimes, but it can be so draining. And we too need to be able, you know, to talk to somebody. So I'm thrilled to hear that you're signing, you have teachers signing up all the way through December. I I think that is just wonderful and, and and i'm hearing you say something i just want to check my understanding here that all of these initiatives are really part of creating a very strong school culture is that part of the way you look at it
2: oh absolutely you know we we talk about how schools being safe and welcoming for young people. Um, And, you know, I think to achieve that, they've got to be safe and welcoming for the adults, you know. Um, And so through the circles, we've learned what triggers different staff members have. And so, you know, that helps us be a little bit more mindful about how we approach our colleagues and how we approach the work in this um, humane work that we say that we're, you know, committed to.
1: I love that this humane work, this humane work. Well, well, thank you. I I feel like you've been a real leader for me in this and it's a a real privilege to be able to talk to you about it. Um, I'll circle back to you. Thank you so much for spending this time with me.
2: Thank you, Linda. Thanks for having me.